0: And welcome back to What Moves You with Jesse. I was so delighted to hear from the rabbi again this week. We have a hotline call from him, and if you are a frequent listener to What Moves You with Jesse, you know that every time he calls in, it is always a um, really beautiful question and pulls some really great reflection out of me. So thank you so much, rabbi, and let's uh, tune in to what he has to say.
1: I feel that awareness. Whenever we have like the awareness, but first, thank you for your for your uh, answer last time. I'm sorry I didn't get back to you to say thank you. It was just uh, kind of busy uh, this time of the year. I was a little bit busy, and uh, but I thank you so much. Uh, it was a great. Uh, it was like uh, nine minutes, but uh, I heard myself a lot. And then uh, what you said at the end was very, very good. I um, stopped judging myself. It was very good. Thank you. Um, the th- second thing I wanted to ask was awareness. I feel that awareness, sometimes when we notice something, when we're aware of something, um, we feel we gotta do, you know, before we know about the three principles, just you just walk in life without knowing, without awareness, without a, without a, knowing where it's coming from. As we grow in the three principles, we see that there's more awareness, more to see, more. We notice what's happening. We notice what's thought. We notice what. But sometimes that brings us to more doing instead of more being. It's like if you're, if you're aware that something is happening, so you try to fix it. If you're aware of a problem, you try to fix it. When you don't know the problems, you don't fix anything. As, as I'm being aware more and more of the way thought works, I feel that sometimes it, it's like it's a trap. It's a... It's a way of like, you know, it's a, a trick in the brain that you say, oh, I got to do. Oh, I got to do something. And something is just a matter of being. So I want to see if you can speak more to that. That's the way I see it. I don't know if I'm right or not. Thank you so much. And thank you for your help, for everything you do, for everybody, me, everybody, my daughter, you know, now, and everybody that you help. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
0: Rabbi, thank you so much. This is such a relatable question. Um, I've experienced it myself, and frankly, I don't think you could find one person on this planet (laughs) who has kind of woken up to the role of thought and hasn't experienced exactly what you're talking about You know, the idea that the more and more clearly we see how thought is the missing link in our experience that we often don't notice. You know, it's like at the very beginning of the process, when you first start to wake up to your mind being the middleman between you and your experience of life. at first, it's very freeing. It's so freeing, because it's like, oh, my God, I'm more in charge than I thought I was. And I don't have to be so scared about life. Because anytime I'm scared, it's usually my mind making things up for me. And I'm believing those things. So when I wake up to that, I'm free. Right? And you start to just feel that Just elation of, oh, what a relief. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing to do. I can literally just live my life, listen to my instincts, and move forward. And man, you know, it's so hopeful and inspiring And for me personally, it brought me so much peace of mind. And then just like what you're saying, you know, it's kind of like as time marches on, you start to have so much awareness. I'm basically just repeating exactly what you said, Rabbi. You start to have so much awareness of how much your mind is the thing that's making you feel uncomfortable and you are so hyper aware that you kind of become um, almost a victim to it again. You know, as you said, like, you know, it, it makes it, it's a trick. It feels like a trap, feels like uh, you've, you've, you've got to do something about it because you know that it's your thinking that's making you feel that way, not life. So you're like, oh, I just if I can just get, you know, I know this is thought. That's, I know that's all this is, so why can't I let it move on? Why can't I let it, you know, move through me as I know it wants to? Why am I holding on to this when I know what it is and I don't need to, right? Um, frankly, it kind of feels like it's a part of the process, I have spoken to George Pransky, uh, you know, a leader in the three principles community who is a psychologist turned three principles based practitioner. For anybody out there who isn't uh, um, aware of George Pransky, I've talked to him, I've talked to Elsie Spittle, both, you know, one of Sydney Banks' first students. And even they share that to this day, they can have moments of thinking. You know, I say moments that could potentially last hours or days. But we all do this, where the more that we wake up to thought, and the more we see about it, you know, the the layers, it's kind of like the layers of an onion start to get peeled away. And the deeper you get into that onion, the stronger the onion gets, right? It's more pungent. There's more going on in there. And the same thing goes with our thinking. When we first wake up to thought, it's like all of a sudden, all of this thinking falls away that used to create a lot of noise and a lot of anxiety. You know, suffering looked um, required, Right? Suffering was required in that process because our minds were invisible to us. So once we wake up to it, it's like, oh, suffering isn't required. It's totally optional. So that's that first stage. Right? Then as we start to get into this, into that onion, and we start to peel back more and more which is a beautiful process. To me, that's when stuff starts to show up that's been kind of laying dormant in our subconscious. You know, that's when all of our our conditioned thinking, stuff from our growing up, um, habits for safety that we created at a very young age, things from our culture, from our you know, socioeconomic background, like all these different things, things that were modeled for us when we were kids, all these things that we've just thought were true about who we are and how we think life works. It's the stuff that's kind of the roots to the tree of who we are. That's what starts to show up. And it's such a beautiful process of shedding But it's amazing that, you know, when we get into these kind of deeper, juicier uh, thought systems and beliefs, that's when we can get kind of hung up in it. We get gripped a little bit harder because we're really being challenged to let go of ideas that we thought were just reality about life. So a lot of the stuff that you might even be seeing is kind of the symptom of those things. And while you're in the process of, you know, like you said, it was so wise of you to say, you know, my wisdom lets me know it's not a matter of doing, it's a matter of being. That's all you need to know, Rabbi. Like that is your wisdom, being your best friend, letting you know, the way forward. Because the more that you can be present with everything that comes up, you know, being present doesn't mean only experiencing peace and love and joy and happiness. Being present means being present with whatever is present. That's all that means. So if you've got a bunch of thinking that's creating a feeling in you that's uncomfortable, the more that you can just be present with it, knowing that you are okay, right? Feelings don't hurt you. They're just an experience moving through you. The more that you remember that, it kind of takes it off the table that you even need to judge it or make meaning of it. Because it isn't personal to you. It's a universal thing that we all experience. We all go through these these waves of um, the word that's coming to me is almost like a purging. You know, it's like when you live with so much awareness, which is, again, such a beautiful gift But when you live with so much awareness, and then all of a sudden, you know you're you're in flow with life, and then all of a sudden you kind of hit some road bumps, and maybe you even run straight into a wall, (laughs) metaphorically, and you kind of think, "What is going on here?" You immediately go to your mind, right? Because you know my mind is the only thing that could be stopping me. My mind is the only thing that's tricking me here. So what's up? And that's when we start. Like you said, you're on to it. That's when we jump in there and we start playing around and feeling like we need to figure it out. I would challenge you to uh, consider, if you're willing, just being with the uncomfortable feelings of whatever is present, when it is present. You know, we do it so well with good feelings. We don't ever try to hold on to a good feeling. We just let it move through us. For example, I was in a dance class yesterday which I've I've just started dancing again after 6 years with my mentor from back when I was a professional dancer. And we were in warm up and she had the music blasting and I was stretching and it just hit me out of nowhere these huge feelings of gratitude and i was crying <laughs> you know as i'm i'm in the middle of this full class you know i'm st- stretching and crying and i noticed i was like wow look at that go wow i can't control this you know it, you know even just recalling it right now makes me a little emotional because it was just an overwhelming feeling of just tingly, delicious, grateful, yumminess. (laughs) And it was moving me so much. But I was very aware of how much I was just letting it wash over me. And eventually I stabilized and I came back to, you know, just what I was doing with the choreography That's what is available to us with uncomfortable feelings. Every single feeling can be very, or I shouldn't say can be, they are very healthy. Everything from anger to jealousy, sadness, upset, insecurity. Everything is healthy because it's an invitation to kind of see ooh, what is being unfolded here, right? But again, like you said, what our brain, what our ego does is, uh uh-oh, this is uncomfortable, what's going on? You're aware it's thought, what is it that you're thinking? And you start going down the checklist. Instead, what I invite you to do is kind of do what we would do with beautiful feelings, See what happens if you let the uncomfortable feelings or the upset wash over you, noticing, ooh, there's a there's a lot of thought here going on and I don't even know what's up, I don't know what's going on, and maybe you do, right? But whatever it is, just be with it. See what happens when you let it wash over you because eventually, the more that you are the observer of the experience as it's happening, eventually you will stabilize. And in that place, because you've stayed so open, wisdom comes knocking at your door with some really beautiful insights that will help you get past whatever thinking it is that was kind of keeping you stuck or upset or insecure, or whatever. And of course, as we know, when we have a realization or when we have an insight from inside of ourselves, that's the stuff that takes us deeper. And it and kind of back into the cycle of uh, relief and feeling really relaxed and you know, you're thinking kind of not being able to trick you for a while, right? That's kind of the process. You know, if you think of it like a, um, I'm picturing like a water slide that goes, that winds down. You know, every time you, when, when you're, geez, I'm trying to explain something visual and I'm moving my hands around as if you can see me. But if when you get in the slide right at the very top, You come, you're coming around the front and maybe that's when you're kind of being gripped. You're like, oh man, I know it's thought, but I can't understand what's going on here. I don't see why I can't get around this. Right. And then you kind of slide around the back and then all of a sudden that's when you realize, oh, I just need to be and see what shows up. Then you have an insight and you're feeling really good. And then you come back around the front and here comes some more thought inviting you to go deeper, right? And then you go back around the back and now you're in relief and relaxation and thought doesn't grip you, then you're going to come around the front again. <laughs> Truly, it is the experience of every single person that I talk to within this community and, and beyond. You know, Buddhists, I, I, frankly, it you know, so many folks can wake up to the role of thought, you know, doesn't matter what community they're in. And I've spoken with so many different folks who, who have this experience of, of um, being gripped and then remembering and relaxing and then being gripped and remembering and relaxing. George Pransky shared just the other day on a practitioner call how he can feel like a fraud sometimes. He has been in the Three Principles community teaching for 45 years, and he still, to this day, can get gripped by his thinking and innocently make meaning of it and judge himself and be like, I'm a fraud. (laughs) I'm a teacher in this community. I'm one of Sid's original students, and I still am getting gripped. What's up with that? And I thought what was beautiful is that he said, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, is that then he remembers, oh yeah, this is just our human experience. This happens to everybody. So immediately he says he can take it off the table of if it's even important to consider. Because it's a part of the process. And he knows once he stabilizes again, because he will, because we do, that he'll see more clearly, he'll see more deeply, and things will be even more simple on the other side. So, I feel like I threw a whole bunch of different things at you. But what I hope stands out the most is that, again, it's a part of the process. It's what it is to be a spiritual being having a human experience. And like Sid always said, life is going to throw you punches. It's knowing where your experience is coming from that will free you. And, you know, there are stories of even Sid. There's one talk that I remember George Peransky sharing about where somebody in the audience at a Sid talk stood up and said, Sid, do you ever get angry? And Sid looks at him very stoically with his eyebrows furrowed. And he said, I don't think I understand your question. And he said, do you ever get angry? And he still, and he stared, right? He just kept staring at the audience member. And another three principal's student slash teacher at the time, I think it was Dick and Bettinger helped Sid and said, Sid, what he's meaning is since you're enlightened and you understand that thought is what is, you know, the thing that's creating all of your experience. Do you not ever get angry anymore? And Sid went, that's ridiculous. Of course I do. (laughs) And it's true. It's unavoidable. You know, we are these formless beings with a brain, and that brain brings that human experience. Knowing that it's there is fantastic. Knowing the role it plays is freedom. But it's still going to be up to its old tricks now and again. It's just a practice of waking up and remembering and continuing on. So, I hope this helped, Rabbi. Again, you already had so much wisdom around this that it, you know, when you said, I just think it's not about doing, It needs. I just need more being. That's it. And the fact that you see that you have thinking getting in your way is enough. So the more that you can keep an open heart and allow the experience that whatever it is that you're in wash over you, beautiful gifts of insight will help you kind of move around those, those thought systems that are gripping you and, um, you'll be free again. That you can count on. So, you know the deal. Give me a call back, Rabbi, if you have any more questions or need more clarity, please. And if anybody else out there has a question or a request for a topic, give that hotline a call. That phone number is 818-646-JESS. That's 818 818-646- 646 J-E-S-S Sending love in all directions and I'll see you next week.